You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, sisters. My name is Grace Kia Aina, and it is such a privilege to be back here with you for our Soul Sisters devotional. You know, we took a short little break after our rest and renewal series, so I hope that you were able to practice some of the ways to get refreshed in your faith. You know, for me, it was an encouraging time this summer for our family to be able to go back to Hawaii. Um, we got to spend some really good time connecting with our parents. The kids got to see their grandparents, who they hadn't seen for three years. And so just being able to relax and be in nature, enjoying the beauty of the island was just so refreshing. And I'm, I'm grateful that we got that time to rest, have fun, and get filled up with God because definitely when we got back to LA, I could feel the, the pace of life pick up real quick as the kids were getting ready to go back to school. As I know many of your kids are back in school. This week we actually sent off our oldest daughter, Kala'i, to London that she's going to be studying abroad for her second year of college. So, you know, there's lots going on, lots of emotions. Um, but, you know, I can't express enough how grateful I am just to be part of God's kingdom, to be part of an international church. Um, Kalei was able to get connected with the Central London Church. And um, shout out to Mark and Rachel, who are the campus ministry leaders in the AO London University Ministry. Um, thank you so much for looking out for my baby. Um, I'm so excited just to be able to see how God is going to continue to grow her faith and being able to build new relationships over there. But how amazing it is that we can be part of an international fellowship where we can meet brothers and sisters from all over the world and that we are connected by the bond of Christ. You know, today... I'm excited to be able to share with you just a short, quiet time that I had in Mark chapter 5. I was listening to a podcast by Pete Scazzaro, and um, it really, like, woke me up spiritually, probably because I was kind of in vacation mode, but it really woke me up, and it fired me up, and I really wanted to um, share it with you. I pray that this lesson called Make Room for Jesus, I pray that it will encourage your faith as well. So before we start, let's go to God in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being a good, good father. Thank you just for all the ways that you love us. You pour your love and mercy out on us, God. Thank you that you don't treat us as our sins deserve. Um, thank you so much, God, for the incredible power of Jesus. You know, we know that uh, with everything going on in the world, whether it's natural disasters, whether it's political strife, um, just losing loved ones, you know, still battling COVID and the Delta variant, so many things that can be overwhelming. But thank you so much that we can go to Jesus and tap into Jesus's power. I pray that as we read your word today, that we can really connect and feel your power, God, to be able to connect with King Jesus, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who is the Prince of Peace, who is our Savior and Lord and Big Brother. 
God, I pray that your spirit will just give us exactly what each of our hearts need to draw close to you and to just feel empowered to be able to live out our faith in love. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, let's dive in. Read with me in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Okay, Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. It says, They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him. No one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Amen. Now, in the New Living Translation, the impure spirit is also translated as evil spirit. So, you know, as we look to this passage, you know, you got to just use your imagination. I mean, what a graphic, intense scene of this demon-possessed man, right, living in the cemetery amongst the tombs. He was known to be so violent and, you know, scary to the people that he was chained up. But the demonic powers were so strong, even though it was from the dark side, the wrong source, that it broke his chains. And um, this account, even in Luke chapter 8, verse 27, it says, Homeless and naked, he had lived in a cemetery for a long time. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell to the ground before him, screaming, can you imagine how frightening it must have been for the disciples to witness this man naked, screaming, 
you know, dirty, unclean, running straight for Jesus. He was known to be emotionally unstable. Um, we don't know how long, but it was long enough that, you know, people knew who he was, that he had a reputation for being mentally confused. He was wandering. He was lost. He had no sense, you know, of direction, no rest. Um, just, you know, just a picture of being emotionally, spiritually a mess, physically a mess. He was self-destructive, right? He was hurting himself, full of shame. Now, sisters, can you relate at any level to this man, this demon-possessed man? Now, in my self-righteous nature, I want to think, man, poor guy. I mean, I know I have demons, but I'm not that bad. But the truth is, I definitely have my own share of demons. And, you know, before being in relationship with Jesus, before encountering Jesus and his love and mercy, my demons were destroying me slowly but surely. My sins of deceit, impurity, I was so insecure, so self-consumed. I mean, really, I would say I was really gripped by fear of failing, fear of what people thought of me, people, fear of people not liking me. I mean, so much that I wasn't able to build close and connected relationships with people. So really, without Jesus, I was a mess internally. Even though outwardly, I tried my best to make it look like I had it all together. But even trying to keep up a facade is an exhausting way to live. I was dying inside and needed Jesus to save me. Can you relate? And truth is, I can easily go back to living like this man possessed by evil spirits. For example, if I don't pay attention and continually walk in the light and repent of things like my judgmental thoughts, my critical thoughts, my bitterness, like all of that slowly, just like this this man, you know, he didn't get like this overnight. You know, we don't know what he went through. Maybe he faced betrayal. You know, maybe he was married. Maybe he lost a loved one, his children. We don't know, but it definitely happened over time. And in the same way, you know, I know that if I don't deal with things like my sin, my bitterness, um, evil thoughts, negative thoughts, it can slowly turn my heart hard and cold towards God. I can easily be filled with anger and hatred, which in Matthew 5, Jesus said is really, anger and hatred is really the root of murder. So I could be a murderer in my heart and really that's no different, you know, than all the evil going on in this world, evil dictators of the past or even present who, you know, cause extreme oppression or even killing, mass killings of people. That's no different. And um, Pete Scazzaro, I like this quote that he says, when you don't know your capacity for evil apart from Jesus, then you're really in trouble. So, sisters, we have to remember that there is an enormous spiritual warfare going on for our lives. It's so important now, more than ever, that we are aware of this spiritual battle. That our fights, our battles are not against people. 
It's not against circumstances. It's not against institutions. But really, as Ephesians 6 says, it's against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, and against the wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. You know, to be honest, I struggle to watch the news, and I know it's important. I don't want to just be in this bubble. I know that's not how Jesus lived his life, you know. I need to be aware of just the reality of the world, but it's so hard for me. I I have to limit how much I watch of the news because I can feel the thick darkness of the world with all of the hatred, the strife and politics, um, the current crisis in Afghanistan going on right now. It's so heartbreaking, you know, when I hear about children being evacuated without their parents um, in the uh, Guardian paper, one Kabul resident said her university was being evacuated because the Taliban were beating women without a burqa, who were not wearing a burqa or covering. That they were banning women from attending school or leaving home without a male escort in already captured provinces. And the U.S. Sun News, it says the Taliban warlords reportedly view women and girls as spoils of war to be divided amongst their fighters that many are forced into sex trafficking or forced to become their wives and be raped. Now, I think about this, and I just physically can feel ill. I just can, you know, hearing about the darkness and just this evil going on in the world, it can be overwhelming. And, you know, I know that Satan would not wants nothing more than to steal our faith. A little each day. Satan and his demons are out to distort and destroy the image of God in each and every one of us. That we as disciples, sisters, we need to be on high alert of Satan's schemes and how Satan wants to feed us lies and twist the truth of God. But thanks be to God that we do not have to be afraid. Amen. We do not have to be paranoid about the evil powers because we have Jesus Christ. We have Jesus who is the only one who can destroy and disarm the evil powers of Satan. I want to encourage you with this scripture in 1 John 3, 8. It says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Amen. Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. In Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you who have been brought to fullness, he is a head over every power and authority. And in verse 15 of Colossians 2, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Amen. And this, sisters, is the good news, the awesome spiritual reality that we can hold on to and that we can proclaim. That we are triumphant. That what we see, it is discouraging and we need to be honest. 
and really, you know, bring our emotions to God, but we do not have to be overcome by darkness because we have Jesus, that Jesus is the one who can destroy and disarm the powers of Satan. Like that just encourages and emboldens me, you know, to want to go out and do what I can to encourage other people, to pray, you know, for people, to pray with people. And we need to feel this um, tremendous power, this picture of Jesus's power over evil to be able to take it in and apply it in our lives. You know, in Luke 13, 18, Jesus says the kingdom of God is small, like a mustard seed, and God's ways are often slow. You know, that we we want to be able to have the instant fix. We're like, well, why doesn't the darkness just all go away and vanish right now? We want that quickness. And it's hard for us because the spiritual reality is that the kingdom of God, you know, God often works in the small and slow things, which is why it's so important that we be vigilant, that we slow down and really look for the good that God is doing. It may be small, but make no mistake that Jesus's power is explosive, that it's transforming. And, you know, my, um, oh, sorry, let me go back. Um, my one and only point is that is why we need to make room for the tremendous power of Jesus in our lives. We need to make room for the tremendous power of Jesus in our lives. That only Jesus can transform someone like no other power in the universe. You know, I want you to think about that situation that you feel like is just impossible or that stronghold that you feel like, I've tried to overcome and like, why try? You know, I, I want to encourage you, you know, that we need to be like this demon-possessed man who ran to Jesus for healing. Not like the crowds, right? The, the crowds who were afraid after they saw the huge transformation that they were afraid and asked Jesus to leave. Don't be like the crowd, but go to Jesus for healing. A simple word of Jesus is enough to command the evil spirits to flee. That Jesus's presence alone is enough to be able to silence the demons and banish them forever. Colossians 1.27 says that Jesus Christ lives in you, disciple. The miracle of God is in you. So what do we have to be afraid of? You know, your presence, your faith matters. I hope that you hear that and take that with you today. That whether it's at work, in the classroom, in your family, in your marriage, in whatever seemingly hopeless situation that you're in, you bring truth to the room, to the situation. Your presence and faith in Jesus brings light to the situation, brings love to the situation. Don't listen to Satan's lies. You know, everything that you were doing to draw close to God, it matters. God sees you. And that just fires me up, knowing, just being reminded of that. Because I think so many times I can focus on just the negative things or my own sin, you know, but even my own sins, that can't stop the power of Jesus. You know that we can, we have the power to break 
strongholds, to be able to break through the darkness and bring love, God's love, into this world. That we can usher in the power of Jesus through prayer when we can't physically, say, be with our children or maybe our family is far away um, or just situations across the globe. We can't be there physically, but we can pray and be there in spirit. When we feel weak and alone, we can reach out and pray with each other. I want to encourage you to join our monthly women's prayer times um, hosted by Lisa Morris and friends. Um, prayer is so powerful. And I, I promise if you come out to one of those prayer times, it will totally lift your spirits. It will encourage you and strengthen you. You know, we can usher in the power of Jesus by reading God's word out loud, even to announce and project God's power. You know, just to say no to Satan, not today. You know, you're not having the victory today. To, um, to share scriptures with each other, to even share these lessons, these devotionals with your friends and coworkers. You know, I want to um, close out by just sharing um, I've just been thanking God for this miracle in my life. I've shared with those who are close to me um, just how much I've been praying for my relationship with my mom to be healed. And this really is a story of mir- miraculous healing relationship with my mom after 27 years of being a disciple. See, when I became a disciple thir- almost 30 years ago, I... I did make Jesus Lord of my life. I was forgiven of my sins, but I still made a lot of mistakes and made some huge mistakes that really hurt my mom and my relationship with her. And, um, you know, I was still arrogant. I was still very fearful. And, you know, when you do things out of fear, you're not freed up to love the way that Jesus loves. I needed to grow in humility and compassion and patience. And honestly, there were times I felt hopeful that things would change. You know, when you're like, okay, the beginning of the year, this is the year that, you know, my relationship with my mom is going to change. And it wouldn't, you know, that we still were restrained and we're still were distant. Um, then it was five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you know. And honestly, there were times when I stopped praying, I got hard-hearted and unbelieving, couldn't see how God was working. And it's easy at this point, you know, to give into Satan's lies that, wow, Jesus' power seems to have only been way back in the Bible times, but I don't know, I don't see it working, you know, his power working in my life now. Or, you know, believing that Jesus seems to answer everyone else's prayers, um, but not mine. So why pray? You know, I just give up. Why pray when nothing is seeming to change? But I'm so grateful. Thank you, sisters. Those of you who have continued to pray for me, prayed with me. Um, it wasn't until three years ago that my mom and I were able to, you know, really connect and have a heart-to-heart talk. We just were out on a walk. And I apologized again and asked for forgiveness. And to be honest, I can't really even tell you how it all happened. But I do know without a doubt that it was the power of Jesus at work. Um, I wanted the quick fix. You know, I wanted the relationship to be healed because I didn't want to have to suffer heartache anymore. But what I didn't realize was that Jesus 
needed to do more work on my heart. I needed the power of Jesus to work on me to be humble, to humble my arrogant heart, to be a better listener, to grow in empathy and compassion. I want to share with you this quote by Brianna Weist, who is an American writer and poet, and she's known for her work on emotional intelligence. But think about this. She writes, sometimes you get what you want. Other times you get a lesson in patience, timing, alignment, empathy, compassion, faith, perseverance, resilience, humility, trust, meaning, awareness, resistance, purpose, clarity, grief, beauty, and life. Either way, you win. And isn't that the truth, sisters? With Jesus, we always win. We're triumphant. We have, Jesus has already overcome death. We just need to continue to persevere and believe. See, I believe that there were tiny miracles happening back then, now that I look back, but I couldn't see it because of my unbelief. And, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't really know how or when this miracle or healing will happen, you know, for you or me. Um, you know, because we want to know, right? We want to be in control. Like, okay, Grace, how long after I pray? How does this work? How long after I pray will this miracle happen? Like, how does it, is it like a magic wand, you know, where I just pray and then boom, you know, we want that to happen. I know I did. But I don't know how it all happens, but God has his ways. And I'm grateful that God is God and that I am not, because his ways are far better than ours. Um, but definitely imagining the immense power of Jesus crushing demons of unbelief, bitterness, selfishness. You know, just imagining Jesus pushing away the, the darkness and the demons, you know, the demons screaming, screeching, and just having to run away because they're so afraid of Jesus. Um, that gives me the strength on being able to just persevere and continue to run to Jesus, even if I don't see the changes instantly, or even if I don't see, you know, physically things happening before me, but I can trust that God is working. What I do know is that Jesus is able, that he sees you, he cares for you. You know, um, just at the end, you know, verse 15, when it says that the, this demon-possessed man, after Jesus drove out the demons, he was sitting there dressed and in his right mind. And that term dressed is used when a father adopted a son and put his cloak on him. And it meant saying, you are mine. You know, now you are mine. And that's what Jesus is saying to you today, sisters. You are mine. I got you. You know, don't give up. Don't give up praying and believing in the miracles that you so desperately want to see happen, that you so desperately need in your life right now. Just keep on going to Jesus and keep bowing before him as this uh, demon-possessed man bowed before Jesus, whether it's for healing in your health, spiritually, in your finances, for someone in your family to be saved, for healing in broken relationships, healing from mental illness. Maybe it's you, you want to break free from addiction, whether it's to alcohol, drugs, food, pornography, whatever it is, you know, to overcome bitterness 
anxiety, angry outbursts. You know, it may not happen overnight, but as we make room for Jesus, as we continue to believe and trust in Jesus's tremendous power, we can and we will overcome, that we can cast out demons in our life, that we can experience greater healing, greater love in our lives. So sisters, I want to leave you with that. Thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. I pray that this was a blessing to you somehow, and I pray that we each can go out and encourage someone today. Take care. I love you. Until next time. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.